It's um, really good to see you here this morning. And I know that, you know, I mean, we had a great time of praise and worship. And I know that, you know, the way that we start a new year is such a fantastic way of doing it. I mean, prayer and fasting, what a, what, what a good way to bring the new year in. And I just want to encourage you, you know, we've had lots of people at the prayer meetings at church, at St. John's. But it's not everybody. And I really believe that prayer makes a difference. I really believe that fasting makes a difference. And really, I just want to encourage you. I know that it's 6 o'clock till 7 o'clock in the morning next week. But you know what? It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth getting up to come along and to pray together, not just by yourself. Because you could just pray by yourself. But there's something about when we get together as a body of believers to pray. And uh, so I just want to encourage you, St. John's, 6 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock, just get yourself on there. If you can only make one morning, then make one morning. If you can make all of them, then make all of them. But honestly, prayer makes a difference. So uh, I just wanted to encourage you in that. Now, what we're looking at is forward faith. Um, We're looking at really how we can move forwards in our lives as believers, And I don't know about you, but I want to see an increase of God's blessing in my life. You know, is that that the case with you guys? I want to see that blessing. Now, I wanted to to try something out with people. Do we have any keen gardeners here? Anybody got an allotment? Anybody do allotments? We've got a few people who do allotments. Um, I kind of, I, I did something which I've never ever done before. And I went and bought some seeds. So let me just get a let me get some of these seeds out. So I'll get myself where we can see there's a bit of there's a little bit of light over here. Can people kind of see that there's something there? Maybe you can't see it at the, at the back. There's a, there's a that, that is a seed that's in my hand there. Let me just um, see. We've got some. Um, Erica does has got an allotment. Do you know what kind of a seed that is, Erica? It's a bean seed, but what kind of a bean? Broad bean. Broad bean. <laughs> you smart Alec. <laughs> so it's a broad bean. Have you seen these? Anybody else do it? Look. Let me give a leader a, a seed. There you go. Don't don't eat it though. You plant it. Okay. <laughs> so these are these ones here. Are I'm just I'm actually going to check on the packet. You know, I know you've said it's a broad bean seed, but and I think it is. But my memory, like it is nowadays. Yeah, it's a, a broad, it's a Sutton Dwarf broad bean seed. So hopefully what we'll do, when, when, when we, when I, I'm not going to plant these, but when you plant them, what is it we expect to get? Beans. Do you think we'll get a carrot from it? No carrots. Potatoes? No. So hopefully when we plant this, provided the packet has been labelled correctly... We're going to get some broad bean. So I had a look at those ones, and those ones, uh, I've got those ones because they were quite big. So now let's see how clever Erica is with this one. Okay, now we've got the same number of seeds, but they're in this packet here. Now, you can't even... Here we go. That's the seed. Can anybody actually see anything there? No, I'm going to go and post, let's let's go to our resident gardening expert, Erica, because she did so she did so well. Remember, sorting out what the broad bean is. So let's test her with this one. Can you? So just to describe it, it's very small. It's kind of a light brown colour. What do we think, Erica? Oh no, definitely not. Keep it, keep it, and plant it, and then see what you get. Any? <laughs> then you'll see. We got anybody else? Julie, you do. You've got an allotment. Yeah. I'm going to say pass this over to you. All right. Okay. So excuse me. Come on, Julie. You're an expert. What's that then? What's on that seed? Man, that, give that man a medal, a pepper. Yeah. So that is that is the. Um, now let me just find out which one it is. So I'm expecting now, now Julius lives across the road from me, so I'm expecting him to share some peppers which he's grown from that uh, particular seed. Now, that, that, they're pepper seed. They are, what are they? 
hot. He says pepper hot, hot scotch. I don't even know if that's a proper pepper variety, actually. But So they're, they're, they're peppers. So when we plant that, what do we expect to get? Peppers. We don't expect to get carrots. We don't expect to get broad beans. Okay, we don't expect to get, was it beetroot or any of those other things. We expect that when we plant a seed, which is a seed for peppers, that we're going to get peppers. When we plant a broad bean seed, then we're going to get broad beans out of it. You see, the, the, the thing is that each seed will grow a specific crop. And under the right conditions, that one seed can provide a really great harvest. Just starting off with that, just that one little tiny seed, you know, I'm hoping that they'll get enough peppers out of each of those plants that it'll, it'll, it'll do for, for spices for a year. With the beans, you'll get enough from that one bean that you'll be able to get, you know, feed yourself with many meals with those beans. But the thing is, what you have to do is you have to have the right conditions. Now, if we turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 4 to 15, because this is a parable, and Jesus was telling his disciples about how believers can have a huge harvest of God's blessing in their lives. So let's go to it. Luke 8, 4 to 15. People aren't sounding very excited at the moment. When I, when I, when I looked at that, I thought, man, this is, this is how Jesus is telling us how we can have a huge harvest of God's blessing in our lives. So I want to know about it. You know, a gardener, what they want to do is they want to get the best harvest possible. They want to get the best peppers possible. They want to get the best broad beans possible. Whenever you plant anything, you want to get the best crop that you can get out of it. You want to get the biggest crop out of it. You, and, and so when Jesus told this this parable about having a huge harvest I wanted to read it and I wanted to take notice of what it was that Jesus was telling his disciples you know when Jesus spoke to his disciples he didn't just say say things for nothing there was a reason for it there was something that he wanted them to understand and as as we read it to ourselves there's something that Jesus wants us to understand from this parable what is, it that, that, what is it that Jesus wants us to take hold of? Well, let's read it. Is everybody there? So we're in Luke 8, verses 4 to 15. And they've called it the parable of the farmer scattering seed in the New Living Translation. Some people call it the parable of the sower. That's its, um, the more traditional name. It says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now Jesus would say that when he really wanted to make a point, when he really wanted to do it. And this morning, what I'm, what we've, what I'm saying to you is, anyone with ears should listen and understand. See, this is, there's an important kingdom principle here in this parable. Now, his disciples asked him what the parable meant, so they didn't get it, first of all. And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. So let's listen carefully this morning, church, because this is what it means. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, 
They believe for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell out among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Isn't that a fantastic bit of scripture? Isn't that something where, you know, I mean, Jesus was very clear to his disciples there about what it meant. You see, Jesus' desire is for each one of us to produce a huge harvest. And I guess the question this morning is, do you, do you really believe that when that says it in the Bible, those very words of Jesus, do you actually believe it? Do you believe that Jesus has, wants you to have a huge harvest in your life? Are we sure? No, I think sometimes we need to we need to respond. We say, "Yeah, I'm I'm believing that this morning." It's interesting, isn't it, that the the scripture that we've got as our main scripture, two Corinthians eight verse seven, it says, "Since you excel in so many ways, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in earnest, in love, then do uh, then give excel in your giving." Is what that that scripture says. That's talking about a huge harvest. He's talking about getting huge increase in our lives. You see, Jesus wants us to produce a huge harvest. Who sows the seed? Jesus sows the seed. What is the seed? The seed is his word. Now, remember that Jesus is the word. Okay? In the Bible, that is God's word for us. See, that is the seed that is there, the seed of Jesus. And the seed of his word, the seed of good news. But what was Jesus saying? He was saying that that seed will go on to produce a harvest of God's blessing. Now it's interesting, isn't it? If the, we, had a, uh, we had a pepper seed and the pepper produced peppers. We had a bean seed and the bean seed produced beans. So if we have a seed which is God's word... What sort of a harvest are we going to get from God's word? We're going to get a we're going to get an increase in his word in our lives. An increase of the things of God, an increase of the of the kingdom of God in our lives. That's what the increase is talking about. I mean, I've got some scriptures here, Galatians 5 verses 22 to 23. It says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love." You see, what is the fruit? Fruit is what grows. The fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is patience, is kindness, is goodness, is faith, is gentleness, is self-control. Against such things there is no law. You see, when we allow God's word, the seed of God's word in our lives, then what do we get out of it? We get the fruit. We get a fruit of love in our lives. We get a fruit of joy in our lives. How many people, we walk around nowadays and we see that there's so, such a lack of joy in people's lives. But, you know, when we, when we grow um, God's word in our lives, then, then we, we have a joy. We have a peace, a peace that can pass all understanding. And we, believe you me, nowadays, in, in the world today, We need peace in our hearts. We need peace in our lives. Patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness. Those are all the things that will grow from the seed of God's word in our lives. There's another scripture, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And it says, And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, Always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. What are the needs that you have in your life today? What are the things where you come before God and, and, and you say, I just need this, I need this, this is something, you know, I need it. But there's a purpose to meeting those needs, isn't there? So that we can actually, part of the fruit of, of, of having God's word and the seed of God's word is that you will have everything you need and then you will excel in every good work 
So often people walk around, I mean, young people nowadays, there's a sense of, of what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? What is it I should be doing? And there are so many influences. But here we're saying, with God's seed growing in your life, then you're gonna ha- God is going to give you everything you need. Sometimes I think that when we're missing things that we need, it's, uh, you know, what we start to do is we look all over the place. But really what we're probably not doing is growing that seed of God's word in our lives properly. And he's saying that it's there for a purpose, you see. But when you, Jesus has given us purpose in our lives. He's given us purpose. We're not here just to fill space. Evolutionists will tell you we're here by chance and we make up our own ideas about what is good and what we should do. But no, I want to tell you this morning, you are here for a purpose. God has chosen you for a purpose so that you can excel in every good work. I think people need to hear that. Proverbs 10 verse 22. It says, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he has no sorrow with it. And that's rich in every area of your life. That is financially, that is emotionally, that is in the workplace, that is, um, you know, in, in every area, God wants us, he, he's the one who makes us rich. He's the one who makes us wealthy in those areas. You see, the seed of God's word in our lives produces a blessing. And I know that it's a good blessing. I know that it's a, a, a real blessing. People's lives are changed. When people allow God's word into their hearts, into their lives, then their lives are changed. But so often, well, let, I mean, let's see what, see what this parable teaches us. You see, I, I guess I want to ask you a question. What kind of harvest do you want in your life? You know, Tom, our, um, our, our oldest son, you know, we're thinking about chili peppers. You know, he loved the idea of taking, of eating a chili pepper. He would be kind of like, I mean, Daryl at the back, Darryl, you can give Daryl a, 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 a chili pepper and he'll just take, he'll just bite it and he'll eat it. And what would make a normal person turn red in the face, start just, but he would do it. But for Tom, he was like, it's like, I want to, I, oh, gosh, dad, it's a shame you've not got any peppers. Get some peppers in, I'll eat the peppers. I'll, 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 I'll do it, I'll take it, I'll eat it. And so one day, we brought a pepper in for him. It wasn't even a hot one. It was a jalapeno, I think, fairly, um, fairly, uh, fairly mild, I think. And then I said, there you go, Tom. You've said it. You've, you said you want a pepper. So now there it is. Eat it. Would anybody eat a raw jalapeno? Yeah, yeah see, some people would do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then he, he stared at it. He stared at it and he looked at it and he said, he said you know what? I want to eat it. I said, well, go on then, eat it. And he said, no, I am going to eat it. Well, go on then, eat it. We're all here. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. And then we stood there. And in the end, he got this pepper and then he put it in his mouth. And all he did was gently scrape the very bottom of the pepper. And it was like, oh, 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 that's too much. And then he put it down again. But that's what we can be like with God. That's what we can be like in our, you see, when I say, you know, you'd, you'd think that everybody would want God's blessing in their lives, wouldn't you? You would think that's the case. Everybody wants God's blessing in their life. But actually, we can say the words, but when it comes to trying it and tasting it, it can be like, Oof, okay, no, maybe not. I'm being distracted by this at the moment. You know, I'm being distracted by that slice of pizza over there that hasn't got peppers on it. And so I'm just going to give it a break. I'm not going to take it just yet. And I think so many of us can be fearful of just taking hold of the word of God in our lives and devouring it and taking it into our lives and, and actually allowing that to be the thing which grows in our lives. And I just want to encourage you this morning, you have nothing to be fearful of, you have nothing to be afraid of, because our God is a good God. You know, we've got to be so careful, because there are so many things, there are so many different seeds that you can plant in your life, okay? You can plant the seed of your career, you can plant the seed of of, um, education, you can plant the seed of culture, 
And there are so many different things that could grow. So many things which could distract you. But I want to tell you this morning, don't be distracted by the other seeds that are around. But make sure that it's the, it's the seed of the word of God that's in your life. I suppose the next question we need to ask is, is there anything getting in the way of your harvest? I mean, what did they talk about? That one seed growing a hundredfold. Or he talks about a huge blessing. You know, sometimes we look at our lives, and you might think, well, where's that blessing? And I just want to say, is there anything that's getting in the way of your harvest? Now, this is a good time of the year to take hold of those things that are getting in the way of God's blessing in your life and doing something about it through prayer and through fasting. You see, let's go back to the parable. What was it that determined the size of the sower's harvest? What was it that determined the size of the harvest? Was it the seed? See, see, the seed was being sown, isn't it? The seed was already there. The sower was sowing the seed. What was it? It was the ground that was the important thing. It was the quality of the ground that those seeds landed on. So what determines the size of your harvest this year? What determines the, the, the blessing of God in your lives this year? Is it that God's word is not there? God's word is here. You, 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 you know, we preach God's word every week. The Bible is there for us to, to read and to understand the, the plans and purposes of God. It's there. The seed is there. The seed is being scattered. So what is it that determines the size of your harvest in 2019? The size of my harvest in 2019? Well, the answer is our readiness to receive God's word. And I want to challenge you this morning. Are you ready to receive God's word? Are you ready to take hold of his word and to, uh, and to, to see it grow into an abundant harvest? You see, Jesus described four types of ground, didn't he? There were four types of ground. The first one was paths. Now, in those times, people would, people would you know, they didn't necessarily have much in the way of demarcation. You know, it, it, nowadays, we grow hedges to define what the fields are. But in those days, that wasn't necessarily, and people would walk through the diff different places where they were growing crops. And so there would be paths running through the places where the seeds were being sown. Well, what is it that, that defines a path? Well, what happens, what happens when you continually walk over somewhere that's not paved? It compacts. It gets hard. And nothing can penetrate through the, that surface of the hardness of the path. And what happens then? It says the seeds that are sown are thrown on the ground and they're trodden on. I'm just going to take one. I'm not going to crush many. But what happens? They're trodden on. <laughs> and I put it in a place where I can't tread on it. They're trodden on and they get... God, these broad beans are quite tough, aren't they? <laughs> and they get crushed. That is crushed, by the way. <laughs> it is squashed. But that's what happens. You see, well, that's what Jesus is saying there is that our hearts can be hardened to God's word. Our hearts can be hardened to his words. And what happens when our hearts are hardened to God is that we start to believe the lies of the devil. So it talks about Satan coming and taking the seed away. What happens there? Because you see, the devil is a liar, a deceiver, and a murderer. And he will do what he can do to keep us away from God's blessing. That's what he'll do. And typically, I mean, one of the big ways that he does it is by his lies. The devil says there is no God. That's one of the lies of the devil. Or the, 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 another lie would be God isn't bothered about you. 
God doesn't really care about you. You're nobody. You're nobody. You're nobody of significance. Look at where you've come from. Look at your financial circumstances. Look at how life's been treating you. God is not bothered about you. That's a lie of the devil. It doesn't matter how I live my life. I can do whatever I want to do and it won't make a difference. That's another lie of the devil. How we live our lives does make a difference. My marriage doesn't matter. No, your marriages do matter. You see, you see, what can happen to us is we can start to believe the lies of the devil in our lives. And we can say that God does not want to bless us. In 2019, God doesn't really want to bless me. He doesn't want me to move forward in my faith. And what's happened is that our hearts have become hardened. Matthew 13, verse 15, Jesus quotes this bit of scripture from the Old Testament. He says, For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And so they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. How does that happen? That our hearts should become hardened. You know, make this a year where we do not believe the lies of the devil over our lives. Let us not be, let this be a year where we just say to the devil, you know what, I am going to stop now listening to you. I'm going to turn away from you. And, and you know, as Christians, even, even as believers, we can have hearts which are hardened towards Jesus, where his word can no longer penetrate. And if the word can't penetrate, then the crop can't come. You know, with Adam and Eve... Where it all started, what did the devil say? He said, you won't die. You won't die. And in that one lie, they went and took and ate that fruit that they shouldn't have eaten. Maybe this morning, you're in a position where the lies of the devil have got a hold over you. And you're believing them. You're believing them. And because of that, God's word, his seed is not penetrating into your hearts. So that was the first type of ground. The next one is rocky. But what is it about rocky ground when it comes to to things that are growing? Well, of course, there's not enough there for roots to really take hold. All that can happen with the seeds is that they can grow a very shallow root. And of course, if a a plant can only grow a very shallow root then the plant's not going to go strong. It's not going to provide an abundant harvest. If we take those broad beans and we plant them in a place where they cannot grow a proper root, then it's not going to work. In fact, what do they do with plants? They will repot them, won't they? For all those gardens. What they do is they wait for the roots to grow, but then the pot, if it's not big enough for the root system, you have to take it out and you have to put it in a bigger pot for the roots. And the bigger the roots are, then the stronger the plant's going to be and the more abundant the harvest is going to be with that plant well isn't that principle going to be the same that's what Jesus said the principle is the same for us if we don't get ourselves rooted properly then how are we expected to produce an abundant crop in our lives it's something that's not going to happen you know we need to be people who understand that we need to understand That if we want forward faith for 2019, if we want that abundant harvest, then we've got to watch out that we're not rocky ground. See, we can be paths, we can be hard, we can be rocky, where we cannot place our, the, the roots of God's word cannot develop in us. What was the other one? Thorny. You know, we can be choked by our circumstances we can be choked by the world and when we're choked by that we're going to produce a poor harvest what was it that um, what was it jesus said he talked about the cares of the world worries worries and fear worries and fear can take hold of a person and it can take a person who's who before has been bold and strong and nothing bothered them at all and it can turn them into somebody who will not even go outside. You know, worry and fear is something which can take hold of you and you can, it, can, it can just 
just totally incapacitate you. Just stop you from being the person that God has called you to be. So many people are fearful of the future now. What is it that the future holds for us? And I spoke to people when I was a lecturer at the university. I'd speak to people um, and literally the fear of the future was something. And they wouldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. They were fearful about how they, with these economic circumstances, how is it, how am I expected to survive? You know, we don't even know what's happening with Brexit. How on earth am I going to, how can I plan? How can I, how can I think about what's going to happen? How am I going to, I just don't know what's going to happen. How can I do it? And people will end up in fear of their futures. What will happen to me if I don't get a degree? What will happen to me if I don't earn enough money to be able to buy um, I don't know, an Audi S4. Is that a car? An Audi S4? Is it? Phew, thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm good with motorbikes, not so good with cars. Um, but what will I do if I can't reach the top of my career, the career ladder by the age of 30? What if I'm not a millionaire by the age of 25? But you'll hear people say things, you see, but there are fear and worry in your life. You can, you know, parents, you can worry about your children. You can be fearful about your children. You can be fearful about the future that lies ahead for them. You can be fearful about illness in old age. There are so many things which can take hold of us and, can, and prevent us from producing that abundant blessing of God in our lives. Is this making sense? But the other thing, wealth. You know, I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having money at all. But what it can do is if we don't see it properly, if we don't view it properly, is it can choke us because what, can, what happens is we start to worship the wealth rather than the person who brought the wealth. And we've got to be so careful in our life that you know, it can prevent us from taking hold of what God has got for us. And then he talks about pleasures. You know, what the world says today is if it feels good, do it. As long as you're not harming anybody else, you can do whatever you want to do. But of course, who's to say what harm is and what harm isn't? You know, we've got to be so careful because what's happening is that people, people, people can be lost. They're asked, they ask the question, who am I? And what the world says is, whoever you want to be. And then people don't know what they want to be. And so they're lost. And they'll try all kinds of things trying to find themselves. They search pleasures. They go through the pleasures. But what we need to know is that actually we are who God has called us to be. And I always think about young people, you know, that Paul, Paul Sage and Ignite Age. Do not let the world tell you who you are. Let the word of God be something that's in your life and let the word of God tell you who you are. Because God is a good God. He is a good God. He's got the best plans for you. And then we've got the last kind of ground. Fertile ground. That's the place of the harvest. Now each of us are one of those things this morning. Each of us. As God's seed is being sown into our lives. Each one of us. We're either a path. We're either rocky ground. Or we're thorny or weedy. Or we're fertile. Maybe there's a bit of a combination of, of, of the different ones. But what Jesus was saying was that if we want that abundant blessing of God in our lives, then what we need to do is we need to strive to be that fertile soil, to be that fertile ground. So let's look at it. Let, how do we do that? Well, there's a cost. I mean, it said in the, um, in the last verse of that scripture... He said, the seeds that fell on the good ground represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. They cling to it. They cling to the word and patiently produce a huge harvest. So how do we remove those, those paths? You know what? They're, they're paths of unbelief. They're paths of unbelief which are there. And when God's word goes on it, what happens is that our unbelief stops it from taking root. I thought I'd bring some gardening implements here. So watch it, huh? I don't want anybody talking at the back. 
So this is my, this is my path destroyer. Okay? I could have had a big spade. Okay? But the thing about a small one is you can get a bit more force behind it. So when it comes to breaking it, you can really jab it in. Okay? And then also, if you really want to do some work, then you actually sharpen the edge of the spade a little bit. So it will break through. I mean, you've got to take a little bit. You know, you've got to do this. It's not going to do it. You can't just put the spade there and just say, okay, break the, break the path. I wish you could. But what you've got to do is you've got to take this, take this and then you've got to start to smash it into that path. You've got to push down on it. You've got to hit the ground. You've got to break through it. And you've got to take that solid surface and you've got to break, break it. I mean, some people might use pickaxes or other, other tools. I don't know what they use, um, you know, Pastor Chip would use in, in, in Trinidad when he was doing stuff like that. But this spade has served me well over many years at breaking through hard ground. Are you ready to do that in your lives? To break through that land? To break through that ground? You see, what we've got to do is remove the paths of unbelief. See, in Mark 9... Verses 23 to 24. It says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. What do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. How many of us this morning are in that position? Where our hearts are hard? You know, we believe in Jesus, but our hearts have become hardened. And we're saying, you know what? Help me in my unbelief. How do we do that? You know, Pastor Chip actually mentioned it through the offering. I think I'm going to put this down. <laughs> Let me put it down for a moment. We need to get his word in our hearts, don't we? I mean, I was just looking, because sometimes what, what it is, we don't, be, we don't believe that our God is for me. Do you believe that God is for you? Okay, you've said it, but do you believe it? You've said it again, but do you believe it in your hearts? Do you believe that your God is for you? Because we can say it with our mouths and we can still have a heart which isn't termed penetrated, you know, that can't get penetrated. You know, get the word of God in your lives. I was just looking at Psalm 23. You know, it's a very famous psalm, isn't it? And we need to start speaking his word into our lives. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lord, you are my shepherd. This morning, in the evening, when you go to, you are my shepherd, and a shepherd looks after his sheep. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you that you are going to look after me. I want to thank you that you're not going to let me go. Lord, he makes me lie down in green patches. Lord, I need that peace in my life at the moment. And you're the one who's going to bring it. Lord, stop me from going to all these things and trying all these things out. And instead, let me go to you, the shepherd, who makes me lie down by green pastures. I'm standing on your word right now, Lord. But so often we refuse to take hold of God's word and really believe it. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's another scripture that's in there. Oh, Lord, I need to know which way to go. See, we can know it in our heads, but what it needs to be is something that's inside us so that when we have to walk it, we can walk it solidly despite everything that's around us. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not be condemned by fear and worry in my life. That's an easy thing to say, isn't it? But it's, it's something to live out can be something that is it. Because who, who here as a parent doesn't ever worry about their children? You know, worry is something that come across. But it says, you know what, with my children, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, is it like that sometimes? <laughs> I will fear no evil over them. The struggles which I'm going through, the storms which I'm going through now, even though I walk through those storms and, and I'm taking a beating and a pounding, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, we need to be a people who start to take God's word at his word. And if, you, if you're in a situation where you're a hardened path and your heart is, is hard towards, towards him, then pray, then fast, get into his word, worship. Start to prepare that ground so that God's word can grow in your life. 
remove the paths of unbelief. Then the next thing we need to do for the rocky ground is to clear the rocks and prepare something where we can become rooted. So clear the rocks in your life and become rooted in Jesus. Let's see what else I've got. Ooh. It's still got soil on it as well. So I do use it. A gardening fork. You know, sometimes when you have to get rid of rocks in the ground, you can try and get a, a shovel around it, you can try and get something. But sometimes what you need to do is you need to get something in there. The thing about a fork is it will push in quite easily and then you can get it in there and you can start to move it around. You can start to loosen the ground around the, um, around the thing that's in the way. Okay, and you can see how much I've used. I mean, look how much I've bent those the tines on that fork. Okay, this is this has got rid of some pretty hefty stuff in the ground. I'm telling you. But again, you have to dig it in. You have to loosen it. You have to drag it up, and you have to pull those things out. You've got to pull those rocks out. In Colossians two verse seven, it says, "Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on Him." Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. What does that mean? How do we really get, prepare ourselves to be rooted in Christ? Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is something where we get ourselves rooted in Christ. What about church? Church life is, is, is something, you know, the church is, is something which so many people think is an optional thing. But no, the church is described as the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. It's not an optional extra. It's something which is absolutely crucial and key to becoming rooted in Jesus. You know, I encourage you to make church every opportunity you can, you can do. I encourage you to do, to, to, to to, to make church something which is not just a part of your life, but is your life. You know, where do we, we can worship by ourselves. But you know, when, but I, I know it was stupid really, but when um, Sarah started to get the kids down and do it, it just lifted my, it lifted me. Seeing all the kids doing it, see James. You see, you want to see James because he's James Woods, because he, he was short. And I thought, man, he's got moves that his dad would never, ever have. He was doing it. He was going for it. I was like, man, this is... And, it, and it, there was something about it. And that simple, it was nothing. But there was something about it that, that lifted me. And I know it lifted other people as well. Let's learn to be worshippers. And then giving. And Pastor Chips always encourages, already encouraged us about first fruits next week. Let's be a people who are ready to give. That's how do we become rooted? How do we prepare that ground? How do we get rid of the rocks? that prevent us from going down, from, from the roots from going down. That's how we do it. I mean, obviously, you know, it's God's word as well. But, but be a people who are prepared to become rooted in his ground. And, you know, maybe we need to clear some rocks out of our, of our, our lives. It's funny, really. It wasn't funny. I, I had a tooth extracted um, 10 days ago. And... The thing is, because str- what, what did the scripture say? It says, if your roots aren't strong, then temptation comes along and you're, you're pulled out. Yeah? My, I, I don't know about anybody, I hate the dentist, okay? I'm pretty, I, I like to think that I'm pretty tough, okay? And you might not think you're looking, but I like to think, you know, I'm relatively speaking, you know, fearless. But a dentist, it can just, it doesn't matter how nice the dentist is, okay? A dentist just, just, can make a total mess of me. Um, so she told me, she said, she said, I'm sorry, but, but you know, the, the tooth, it was one right at the back. She says, I think we're going to have to extract it. And my word, teeth can be rooted in pretty tough. <laughs> she, came, she came with these, she said, are you, are you ready? And they give you the injections. 
And I was, I was okay at, okay-ish at that point. I don't like the injection, but I was okay. But then she came with a pair of pliers. And I was like, no, no, no. I mean, they were very clean. They were stainless steel, nice and sharp. But she got these pliers. And she says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab hold of the tooth. And then I'm going to wiggle it and wiggle it and loosen it and loosen it. Then eventually it should come out. Well, she did it for a few minutes. And she said, is it hurting? I was like... I think yeah, I'll give you some more. Give you some more. Give me some more um, an- anaesthetic. There we go. Um, and it's, it's traumatising me just talking about it. And so I decided to do it again. So I was like, oh. And she says, oh, this is this is taking quite a while to pull out. I said, I know it's taking a while to pull out. And in, in the end, after more, she it came out. And she says, ah, oh, that's why it was taking. That was why it was taking so long. And she said, the the, the root is about. I don't know, 50, 60% longer than the average root is. My tooth was rooted in so tightly and so well that, my word, it was an ordeal. And I'm just praying, Lord, help me to forget that experience because I've got to have some root canal work done in a couple of weeks. (laughs) So I'm like, oh. But that's what we should be like with church. Nothing should come and put... We should be so rooted deeply into church that nothing can come along and can separate us from, from it. You know, that's, how, that's what it should be. That's how our rooting in Jesus is, 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 should be. So what's the next thing then? You've got to dig out the weeds that stop God's blessing. So what have I got for this? Anybody like to hazard a guess? A strimmer. The strimmers are no good for getting rid of weeds. A hoe. Anybody got a hoe in their garden shed? <laughs> so what do you do with a hoe? You put it just under the, under the ground, and then you use it to break off all of the weeds. And what it does is it breaks off the top of the weeds, leaving just the bottom of the weeds in there. And the idea is that it, that should be enough to kill the weeds off. And that's what they, they recommend. That's what people have done for hundreds of years. Using that. But do you know what? It never gets rid of them properly. Okay? It will never get rid of them properly. You have to go and you have to keep on repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And if you really want to do a good job of it, then you have to go in, you have to dig through, you have to pull all of the roots out as best you can do. It's quite a, quite a hard physical job. I've had to do that on a couple of occasions. And it's hard work doing that. And it's something which you never give up on. Because those, the weeds and the thorns are something which is there and they can grow at any moment. So it requires constant attention. They require constant attention in our lives. See, we need to be people who are constantly attentive to weeds that are growing in our lives. I mean, this is what, um, this, this is what it says in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. See, what we do, strip off everything that slows us down. Strip it off and then keep, you do that by keeping your eyes on Jesus. See, there are so many things in life that can trip us up. Let's be people who understand what that can be and let's just throw them off. Colossians 3 verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. I'm going to read that again. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. See, how we live our lives does matter. What we do with our bodies does matter. How we present ourselves does matter. And what we're saying is that if we don't deal with the weeds in our life, 
the temptations, the things that are around us, and we don't deal with them on a regular basis, then what they're going to do is they're going to choke us up and they're going to prevent us from taking hold of the abundance of blessing that God has got for us. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So often, we don't tell God what we need. So often, we try to do things in our own strength and in our own ways or in the way that the the world would tell us to do. But don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. If you want real peace, then real peace is found in Jesus. If God is for me, then who can be against me? You know, preparing ground, it requires effort, it requires work. But when we prepare ourselves, when we break through the hardened paths, when we get rid of the rocks, when we take the weeds and we get rid of them, then what we're doing is we prepare the ground so that God's abundant blessing can be in our lives. Now, we have to be careful, of course, because sometimes what we want isn't necessarily what God wants for us. But what God wants for us is the best thing that we can have in our lives. And we need to judge things not by what the world says is a good, the right thing for us, but by what God's word said is, is the right thing for us. Maybe we could um, stand up, stand together. You know, this is, this is a month, if you like, of preparing the ground. And in Luke 8.15... It says, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a good harvest. In 2019, if you want to go forward in your faith, if you want to see an increase of God's blessing in your life, then you need to be fertile ground. And that requires us to take action. What I'd like to do is just pray for people this morning. And may, maybe this morning you, you said, you know what, my heart is hot. My, my heart is hard. And I need my heart to be softened. I need the paths breaking. Or maybe you're somebody who's got genuine worry and fear in their lives. Maybe. There's something in particular where you need to see breakthrough. Well, you know what? Now is a good time to pray for that situation. So just as Sarah prays, please, I just want you to come forwards, and we're going to pray for you in that situation.